This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Some more misdirection. Two is slinging it to the end zone. It's Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Ah, the voice of the Greek freak, my fellow Fordham Ram, the great Spiro Didas, calling one of Tyreek Hill's many, many great plays this season. Did you see, by the way, that uh, the Dolphins are on their bye week following the loss in Frankfurt to the Kansas City Chiefs? Tyreek Hill got married recently on his bye week. Remember Kenny Vaccaro, former Saints safety Kenny Vaccaro? He married Kenny Vaccaro's sister. So now the question is going to be... Now that he's married, does the performance start to (laughs) – if her name were Jenny. Her name is, I believe, I'm pretty sure, Keita, K-E-E-T-A. So another like A. Vaccaro. Uh, Now that he's married, does the performance start to drop off a little bit? Mm. Next on First Take. Uh, Anyway, so Tyreek Hill got married. Congratulations to him. He is uh, the favorite right now. Offensive player of the year, co-favorite, along with uh, with Christian McCaffrey, who I don't think is married to Olivia Culpo yet, but – my man's living his best life. Good for him. McCaffrey and Tyreek Hill both at plus 140 at BetMGM. A.J. Brown at 6-1. to one. Jamar Chase is at 22. Ken Barkley will give his thoughts on this market in just a second. But to remind our live audience, we'll be on Stadium coming up in 20 minutes. And we'll welcome some great guests into the show. Adam Chernoff and Connor Allen in hour number two. Reese Davis and Joey Kanish in hour number three. How about our pal Evan Silva, who will join us in the power hour of today's show. We very much look forward to that. So a great show on the way. Here on this Thursday, you better you bet with Nick and Ken. But Jake, let's bring the music up here and get Ken's thought on offensive player of the year. Where honestly, like I named four players, should it really just be two? Like I gave AJ Brown and Jamar Chase, McCaffrey and Tyreek are the co-favorites right now, both at plus one forty. Ken, halfway through the season, thoughts on offensive player of the year? Uh, I'd have defensive player of the year standing by. This won't take very long. So the uh, the midseason polling, midseason articles, uh, Tyreek gets 100% of the votes, 100% of the everything. And that makes sense. And that's reflected in the market. <clears throat> McCaffrey is mentioned. AJ Brown's mentioned. But the overwhelming consensus is like Tyreek Hill is currently ahead. I don't think that surprises anybody. Uh, bad game last week, not really currently on pace to break 2000 anymore, but obviously can make up for that against lesser opponents can make up for it against other teams, whatever worth noting. He does play the jets twice coming up soon. So like that, the on pace for may really start to dip here a little bit for, uh, for Tyree kill. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there are, this is one's really easy this week. There are three players who have greater than like a 0.1% chance to win. Uh, I do think AJ Brown's live for sure, but I think he's appropriately priced. So there's three players that have a chance to win. Tyreek McCaffrey, AJ Brown. Uh, two of them are off this week. Uh, Tyreek is on a buy. AJ Brown's on a buy. So this is an incredibly boring market. If McCaffrey pops, you get a, probably a small price drop out of him. He's already like a plus one type price. He maybe becomes like three touchdowns, four touchdowns, becomes the favorite maybe over Tyreek by a little bit. That's like a 30 cent change maybe or something like that uh and barring that 
or if he gets hurt, obviously his price goes up. That's like literally the only thing going on here. There's nothing to bet on that because all you would be doing is making a guess about how you think Christian McCaffrey's going to play. They're on the road against the Jags, who've had a pretty good defense so far this year off their bye. There's just, there's impossibly little to do here. There's just nothing going on. Um, and it's really a three player race. And we have the two favorites from forever ago. And we've been holding and holding and holding. And I think we're going to be okay for now. We'll do defensive player of the year in a second. Just a thought on Tyreek Hill. And curious, like, Ken, if you think, like, this kind of handicap as to what the Dolphins might be in the second half of their season might actually, like, negatively impact Tyreek Hill a little bit. And I'm not insinuating that even if all of these things come to fruition, he's still going to be the focal point of the offense. He's too good. They target him too much. He's always going to get his. Just that, like, you know, Mike McDaniel speaking, you know, at his, at, his, at his press conference recently, saying that the thing that he's most excited for coming out of the bye is getting Jalen Waddle fully held. Like, we haven't seen, like, a breakout Jalen Waddle game yet. I'm not saying it's like, definitely going to happen. Just, like, he hasn't been healthy. Once he's healthy, you would think that he'll start to perform better. He hasn't really, like, done a ton compared to, like, what what he's capable of doing thus far this season. We also have, as the Dolphins come out of their bye next week, the return of Devon Achan. Like, Achan's going to be back. And he's obviously very explosive in this Dolphins offense as well. And here's just my opinion here. And I don't know if you agree or not, Ken. And even if you agree, maybe maybe you, won't think, you think it won't matter. Just that I think as we like move into December and we move into like playoff time. I think we might see Miami like shift a little bit from high flying offensive team where like I think that's always kind of be like woven into their identity. I I think this is a team that's going to be really good defensively down the stretch. It's like the secondary is healthy with Vic Fangio and like the pass rushers are going to be healthy, the line's going to be healthy, running the ball more with Achan, Waddle again healthier here. I think these are all things that might work against Tyreek Hill a little bit. Again, not that he's going to go from like 100 yards a game to like 30, but like maybe like knock him down a couple of pegs here. Curious what you think about that. Am I overthinking it here with Tyreek Hill in Miami's second half of the year? Uh, well, you're not overthinking it. You're just thinking about it. And I think you're you're right in everything that you're saying. But it, like, here's the problem, right? Every time we do AJ Brown, you bring up like, well, like Devontae Smith's going to start having some big games at some point. Like he's going to start taking away from AJ Brown. And maybe that hasn't happened to the degree we all thought it would yet. But it's always we have to be mindful of the fact that that's going to happen. I guess to be fair, like Dallas Goddard's going to be out a while. So like maybe the target share kind of like increases on the wide. And, and but we like, saw that last year, Ken, yeah. just to your point, and you right. nailed that completely there last year when Goddard was out, the Devontae Smith's targets like go through the roof here. So right. like, I do so think that we'll see that start to happen when Philly comes off its bye next week against KC. So I think with all three players, you kind of have the same question, which is like, is this sustainable? And I think with Tyreek, you bring up the argument for why it might not be for AJ Brown. There's a really good argument, just like how many weapons they have and that Devontae Smith's on the same team for how, argument for how that's going to work. And then for McCaffrey, it's the same thing. It's just like, cool, like can still be a big usage now. Like, what is it? Week 13, 14, 15, 16. Like, what if they end up getting a comfortable lead in the division? Not where they are right now. We can have these questions about all three players. And so you might hear that and you might think like, well, wow, that that really leaves the door open for like somebody to come in. And OK, so there is no quarterback that's going to win this this year. None of them are close to having record setting seasons. Scoring is down. That means quarterback numbers are down. In fact, it means really all numbers are down for all position players, but especially for quarterbacks, they're not winning. OK, if they're not going to win running backs, receivers, there is no other running back that makes you could even make like a well, if he had seven big games in a row could get in this like there he just doesn't exist there's nobody like etn would be the guy you would try to sell and it makes no sense right now like with what his numbers look like and how they profile receivers you would sell like digs and chase would be the two guys that you would probably sell the most as like guys who could get back into this it's just like all right cool like digs is 250 yards behind tyreek hill right now like you, you got like it, even if he gets it going a little bit 
like you're, you're gonna have time to see this coming like it's not gonna happen in one game and i think you and i are both really pessimistic about the bills offense and like okay cool like it can be cd lamb and it could be chase chase is like 500 yards behind everybody right like it's just and is oh we might not play this week right it's just it's you know okay so like you're, you're right about tyreek can make it a case for McCaffrey, AJ Brown, maybe like two of those materialize and the other one wins. But the idea that those three cases mean like someone's coming from out of nowhere. I just, I mean, I just sell me somebody. Like I don't see anybody that makes any sense for this, you know, besides those three players right now. You better, you bet with Nick and Ken, tremendous football Thursday. That's offensive player of the year. Talking sports is fun. I love it. Let's go to defensive oh, player yeah. of the year here, Ken. Oh, it's the best. Uh, where we have co-favorites atop this market as well, like offensive player of the year. Those two players are Micah Parsons and Miles Garrett, both at plus 185. TJ Watt behind them at plus 250. It's really a three-player race right now. And then we'll like draw a line. Aiden Hutchinson, 25 to 1. Max Crosby at 35. And a trio of players at 40 to 1. Last year's defensive player of the year, Nick Bosa, Chris Jones, and Fred Warner. So Bosa and Warner, obviously Niners team makes those three players all at 40 to one. Ken, what about defensive player of the year where for like the 900th consecutive week, it's Parsons, Garrett and Watt atop the market. I do think there are two interesting things just to say here. Uh, the first would be the midseason polling in which Miles Garrett got everything. Like not, it was not an argument. It was not a discussion. Like if you did content about midseason awards, there's a pretty good chance you pick Miles Garrett to be your defensive player of the year. And that's interesting because the market says it's going to be one of three and all of the polling says he's ahead. So that doesn't mean, <clears throat> excuse me, that he has to stay ahead. And it doesn't mean the margin isn't tight where like Parsons couldn't also win or TJ Watt couldn't also win. I, I did find it interesting that like Garrett and Watt <clears throat> statistically profile very similarly and their teams have very similar records. Yet it was just Garrett across the board, despite the statistical similarities, which might give you a clue for how people will think at the end of the year, if the statistics are similar and the team records are similar, that Garrett wins the tiebreakers because of just like Cleveland's overall, the sell would be Cleveland has the best defense, he's the best player on the best defense, or they have one of the best defenses, that would be the sell in that situation. Also, Watts won the award before, and you'd be like, well, that shouldn't hurt him. Well, I don't know, Garrett's never won before, Parsons never won before, maybe people like a new thing. Too. So I did find actually that that pretty interesting. I don't think that's something you act on like today, but I do think like if these three players continue on these arcs and the three prices on these players continue to be like this, there might come a point late in the season where you go with like three games left, where you go, if Garrett was ahead and everything has stayed the same, I think this is the time to bet Garrett. Like this is what we were talking about a few weeks ago, needing the polling to figure out how to break the tie between three players. The tiebreaker apparently seems to be Garrett's ahead. And I, I wasn't sure that was going to happen. I thought there would be more ambiguity. So we can follow the stats for the players and like, but I would have that in the back of your mind when we get late in the year that like at this, at this kind of tent pole, it was like Garrett across the board. So if everything stays the same, I do think you can kind of go into the market and not even with more polling, almost like expecting that that's the most likely outcome. If the team records stay the same, which is an if, and if the statistics stay the same. So that's interesting thing. Number one, Garrett ahead, definitely across the board. Interesting thing number two is that the Raiders won last week, which means we still have to keep alive this idea that if they're this like insanely good story and they go on this run and they have a very easy schedule, they pick them against the Jets on Sunday night football and they win nine games. And I think nine's the number you're looking for here. Like TJ Watt won winning nine games. If they win nine games, Max Crosby's pretty likely to lead the league in sacks when they win nine games or be among the league leaders. He's a half sack behind Daniel Hunter right now. This was like, I always would cross him off previously. 
because they were just never going to win enough games. Well, and that Josh was like, McDaniels you just can't coach. win. <laughs> also, Josh McDaniels. Well, that's it's the same difference. Josh McDaniels yep. is the coach, therefore not going to win enough games. It's the same. It's the same argument. Right. But like they're four and five. OK, they beat the Jets. They're five and five. Like it's it's in play four and three down the stretch. Like, I, you know, I have to play the Chiefs. I understand that. But just like. You can't, I think, like, you read Hutchinson and everybody brings up Hutchinson. No, no, no. Like, for me, like, Crosby's the wild card guy because everybody wants to give him the award, I think. He might lead the league in sacks and they might win nine games. And I think that's how you reward that story if the Raiders do end up actually playing well down the stretch with a ton of talented players. And to Ken's point, like, Max Crosby's Q rating has, like, never been higher than what it is right now. Like, he was, like, the face of the team after they won the game on Sunday in the locker room filming the video, like, with Mark Davis. So, uh, yeah, like, I, I think you're 100% right on Max Crosby. You said Garrett across the board. If Garrett across the board were a band, what type of music would they play? Garrett across – well, because, like, usually you hear Garrett across the board. Garrett, I think, like – like white guy who works in IT or something, you know. Okay. So like Garrett, Garrett across the like electronic music, like a, like across sure. the board, like yeah, bad electronic right. music. I would say. Yeah. Hour one done. Hour it's, two for you coming up on the other side. We'll get back to awards at the end of the hour. Two great guests though. Connor Allen second. Adam Chernoff joins us though. Coming up right after this. We'll be right back with you. Better you bet. Presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. <laughs> 